Hello, and welcome to Gone But Not Forgotten, the podcast all about remembering the lives and careers of actors who left us too soon. I'm your host, Audrey Cornell, and today I'm joined by Louise Coleman, and she will be my co-host from now on with these discussion episodes. Today, we'll be talking about Sharon Tate, Um, and coincidentally, we recorded this episode on the 53rd anniversary of her death. You can follow Louise on Instagram at 1001filmsaday, and you can follow me at flick.loving.chick. Enjoy the episode, and thank you so much for listening. I'm very happy to be here because I love Sharon Tate. Love her so much. And just to even be able to talk about her for a bit is like amazing in my eyes. How did you get into Sharon and what was like the first film of hers you saw? So I learned about Sharon. Sadly, it was through her death, but I feel like what defines you is how you move on from that. So you could like treat her as a victim and then never think about her again. But like, I was like enamored with her. I was like obsessed. So I watched like this documentary that like her sister was involved in. So a couple of years later, then the casting came out for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And that kind of just revitalized it a lot more. I only just started watching her films this year because they're just not available anywhere. <laughs> so hard to find. And I thought, you know what, like, even if I did find out about her that way, I want to like advocate for knowing who she was as a person. I also read a biography, Sharon Tate and the Manson Murders, which was okay, but I wish there was like more stuff about her out there. She's not as popular, I would say, as like a lot of other famous dead people, just in terms of like her careers. Underappreciated in a way. Yeah. She's really only known for her death, I would say. Um, I was just maybe hoping this podcast would kind of help some people like want to learn more about her, check out her films. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we're that's what we're going to do with this. What are your top three favorite films of hers? And why are those your favorites in particular? So in it, like third, it would be Eye of the Devil. Um, just because that was like her first time in front of a movie camera, like with actual lines. She was an extra and like she was on um, Beverly Hillbillies, but like this was like proper big time. And she was so captivating. Like she was a natural on it. You could tell she was a bit nervous, but she was just brilliant as Odile. And also so like, um, so creepy. Like she could really, she went in on the horror side of it. It was brilliant. And also what I noticed most about it, she wasn't sexualized in Eye of the Devil. And sadly, she is sexualized in a lot of her films. It was refreshing to see, at least. And obviously that's not her fault at all. Like that was like the time, the directors, but it was just very, very refreshing to see a different side of her and a great side of that as well. And she was just brilliant. She looked amazing as well. Like the outfit, I'm trying to recreate it. I love it. Um, But yeah, my next one would be Valley of the Dolls. Jennifer is just a woman after my own heart. I love her. I want to protect her forever. Like I don't want anything bad to ever happen to her um and like she was the best performance in that film like hands down Patty Duke was she was hamming it up and then Barbara Parkins I hate to say it but she was very boring in the role (laughs) I I don't like Anne every time Anne was on screen I was like oh my god like can we get this over and done with like but yeah no she was just she gave so many layers to the performance there's a real sadness to Jennifer I think of the scenes when she's talking to her mum on the phone and it's like and to convey that as well from Sharon like because I was reading in um, Recollection which I've 
I've got next to me as well. <laughs> there was no one on the other end of the phone. So she was doing this all on her own. And I think that was just brilliant for her because she was always she was, she's always said that, you know, she's always learning as an actress. I just thought she brought an amazing like depth to the role. She's brilliant. I really also loved her scenes with Lee Grant, who played Miriam Polar. And because Lee Grant is like a seasoned actress, like she's brilliant. And for Sharon to go head to head with her, it's amazing. And I think it really showed her like staying power as an actress. She, she could hold her own. Obviously, the film gets a bit overlooked for it's like campy nurse. And I mean, it was iconic, but I, I really think we should take seriously her role as Jennifer. She was very good. Golden Globe worthy as well. I'm yeah. still upset that she lost. <laughs> and then I've gone for my favorite is The Wrecking Crew. Oh my God. I've like fallen in love with Freya. With The Wrecking Crew, she found her niche as a comedy actress. And then obviously with 12 plus one after, like she was she was in the comedy game. She was she was so funny in that role. Her introduction is her falling over the suitcases. And it's brilliant. Like she just does it so well. The physical comedy. That's like something a lot of actors um, train for, hone it in and perfect it. And she just did it like that on her fifth movie. Like, it's incredible. It's so good. I also think she's the heart of the film. It is very sexist. <laughs> like, um, I mean, there's loads of amazing, strong women in it. Like, you know, Nancy Kwan and Elke Summers. But like, obviously, they're very sexualized and stuff. But with Sharon as Freya, I know obviously there are some scenes like that, but... She's just the heart of the film. She's the emotional core. You're you're drawn to Freya. Like, you really, really like her. I just think, like, to go up against Dean Martin then as well, with, like, how we talked about Lee Grant, she never shied away from it. Brilliant against them. It was amazing. And, like, Dean Martin, that was, like, a big-time actor. And she was the one who stole the show. There's even, like, little bits where, like, she's in, she's in frame, but she's not in focus, but you can still see her like doing like facial expressions. And it's so funny. I think I wrote down another. Oh, well, the fight scene. Iconic. Iconic. See? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was it's my so favorite part. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I know we'll talk about this later, but like, yeah. so the first time I saw that was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, and when I saw it on that screen, I was a bit like, what is happening? Like, why does it look so like a bit awkward? But then you yeah. see it in the film, and it makes so much sense. Like, we we watch Freya grow into this like, well, she's always been this like tough woman, but like, it's brilliant to see her like goofy side, and then like her kung fu moves. Like, it's brilliant. Yeah, I love it. I love I love Freya. I love her outfits as well. Well, actually, I do love Nancy Kwan's outfits as well. Those dresses, I need. Like, I need them right now. <laughs> Well, those are all great picks. And I'm, I think you brought up a good point of even just in her first film, like she holds her own and even like steals the show from a lot of very established actors. I think she just had a very natural ability, even with comedy. Like I know she said a lot, like she wasn't very good at comedy, but I mean, I disagree. And, you know, I think she just had that, just that natural capability to be very funny and that a lot of people just don't have. <laughs> I can't believe that she didn't think she was funny. What do you think is her uh, most underappreciated performance? So I went with 12 plus one as her role as Pat. That was the first Sharon film I watched, actually. Um, oh. The first one that I finally found. <laughs> and it's an odd film. It's it's good. She's, she's amazing as, as usual. I think it's a bit overshadowed by the fact that it did come out in 69. The director wanted to release it after they found 
murderers. So I think a lot of people forget about it. But it's a great film. She's so good in it. Like, Pat is gorgeous. But once again, she's funny. And also, this is the best part. Minus Valley of the Dolls, because I guess Jennifer has her own storyline. In 12 plus 1, she has, like, her own side plot. I just really like that. Like, she's not just, as like, a supporting player. She's actually got her own story and her own, like, beliefs and, like, you know, things that she needs to do. And I think that's why I like it a lot, because, like, she's got her own narrative and she's commanding the screen once again. But I also really like it because, um... Well, because she's pregnant in it. Really sweet to see. And like, they're like trying to hide it, cover it up. And it's like, oh, it's just it's really lovely. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, I put this on letterbox, but I was like, her back must have hurt from literally being pregnant and carrying 12 plus one as a film. <laughs> like, Yeah, she was the highlight for me, for sure. It's such a good premise. Yeah. It failed a bit in its execution, but... Sharon was amazing in it. I love Pat. Is she your favorite Sharon character? I think it's her and Freya. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, see, because it's her later performances as well. Because I, I think she's probably just got so much more experience. Yeah. Definitely helped her in her later yeah. roles. I know she was up for like a lot of parts or was considered for a lot of roles. But just in general, what would you have liked to have seen her in? She would have made a great Bond girl. I would have loved to have seen her as a Bond girl. She has the look. I know it's quite similar to Freya, but um, I could just see her being an amazing foil for Bond. Like, they'd be perfect together. I won't lie, I cannot recall who the Bonds were in the 70s, but whoever it was, she would have had chemistry with. Let me look it up. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I really think that would have been one of her callings. So Sean Connery was in the 60s and Roger Moore was in the 70s, so... Obviously, I'm not a Roger Moore fan, (laughs) but I could be if Sharon was in one of those films. (laughs) I just think she would have just been amazing. But like, you know, she's got, you know, the sexy, sultry side, but she's also got, you know, she can like put up a fight with him. You know what I mean? Like she can riff back and forth with him. She can be a good match. I would really like her to have been in like comedies. Um, I even thought like, like, this is going to sound insane, but I was thinking, like, the Austin Powers films. And, like, because it's such a, a celebration of the 60s, they should have the 60s queen herself. Like, yeah. she is 60s, Sharon. That's what I think of. I, th- I think she would have just found her niche in that. It would have been brilliant. I wrote down Airplane. I could see her being, like, one of the stewards. I just could see her career really, like, growing and evolving with the times. And Yeah. But it is, like, weird to think of her being older because she does represent so much of the 60s yes Um, yeah cinema american cinema in the 70s was becoming more like um independent but i feel like she could have really worked well in that like she knew the connections like um i think i'm even thinking of like what i know most of his work was in the 60s but even like cassavetti's like um a lot of his stuff came out early 70s 74 ish and i i could feel i could see her in those sort of roles yeah kind of like in just in the independent cinema on yeah. like a, a more serious route. Do you think she would have done more international stuff too since 12 plus 1 was an Italian film? I've never thought of that. But actually, I could see it. Because she was fluent in it. She was fluent in Italian and she loved living in, uh, she loved London. Like, that was her place. So I could definitely see her being a jet setter, going everywhere. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. So my most watched director this year, Sharon's my most watched actor um but my most watched director is alfred hitchcock um i love him i've loved him for ages and i could also see her being in one of his films i hate him as a person she was a hitchcock blonde that would have been perfect 
yeah. know the 70s films were a bit kind of going a bit downhill but like I could see the vision so if you could like recast her in like any Hitchcock film which one do you think she would be good for I'm thinking Vertigo because it's about how he molds Kim Novak's character, how Jimmy Stewart, you know, he views her as an object. So she's always shot in profile, Kim Novak in, in Vertigo, because she's so she's so beautiful. She's made into this like desire of him. I feel like that would have been a good like wink nudge to how society treated Sharon. Yeah. How they all projected her as this like the 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 mold really for beauty and literally what they do to Kim Novak's character. I mean, they even were going to work together in Eye of the Devil, which would have been cool. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. then Deborah Carr took over. Yeah. That would have been so great. What kind of directors would you have liked to see her work with as well? Um, well, this is a bit awkward to say because I don't like him, obviously, but I, I wish she did more films with Polanski. I really do. I didn't like Fearless Vampire Killers, but that's because I had to watch him act for like an hour <laughs> and I was torture no, thank you <laughs> but like i would have loved her in rosemary's baby i think she would have been great in that I'm trying to i also think like the john cassavetes i think she would have really done well i'm trying to think my favorite director of that time is like scorsese but i don't i don't think she would have been good in a scorsese film i don't see it yeah he never has any women in it anyway but i think even like kubrick would have shot her well they would have used that beauty as a superficial like facade and actually shown the real one real her I actually haven't seen any Kubrick movies, so I can't say. Once again, I don't like him as a person, but like The Shining, and because I love Shelley Duvall, The Shining is one of my favorite films of all time. Also, I love Jack Nicholson, like, and (laughs) he was very good friends with Sharon. And very offensively, they have no photos together. He went to every one of her court dates, like, which I thought was, when I read that, I was like, oh my God, he's a lovely man. Like, that's amazing. Um. But yeah, no photos of them together, which is just heartbreaking. <laughs> like, he's my favorite actor of all. I mean, I haven't seen this either, but do you think maybe like Chinatown or something? Like she would have like played I've Faye seen, Dunaway? I've seen Chinatown. I didn't like Chinatown. No. I can appreciate <laughs> it as a film. I watched it for the Insta and like, uh, it, it didn't gel with me. And I know that's crazy because, you know, my, my boy Jack Nicholson's in it. <laughs> but, um, but I was thinking this. Yeah. Faye Dunaway's role, 100%. Yeah. I know she won an Oscar for it, but sorry, Faye, you're out. Like, (laughs) I could see Sharon in that, for sure. But um, yeah, I don't really recommend... This might get me, like, completely obliterated, but, you know, I wouldn't recommend Chinatown. Like, um, That's fair. (laughs) Everyone's going to be listening to this, like, turning it off right now. (laughs) They probably would have turned it off a long time ago. True, when we true. were like we hate Roman Polanski it's the truth it's the worst part about being a Sharon fan so I don't have to go off topic but like yeah. he's in every photo it's like a little gremlin <laughs> yes yes I was wondering where, where we're gonna get into the ripping on Polanski bit like yeah what do you think of like their relationship or and I just never really understood like why they got married it's very interesting because it I, I don't want to be rude on anyone's appearance but it is like what does she see in him like like she, she must love a short king and like you know maybe like she like she like that I guess there's that like line in um was a time in Hollywood when he says like she likes the pathetic men or something she was happy I guess um he 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 cheated on her multiple times he left her eight months pregnant to go into London and I just think it's a bit we don't know what would have happened that night and I don't think anyone would have survived. But, like, he could have been there. And it's, like, insane to think of it. Like, it, it's very scary. 
I, I, I still can't believe he just left her. Like, why would you do that? Almost going to give birth and you're in a completely different continent. It obviously goes on saying, I do not like the man anyway for what he has done, which also is very frustrating. I like a lot of his films. Um, Repulsion is one of my favorite films of all time. It's like, because so, I love Catherine Deneuve. But yeah, no, him as a person. I heard that like people on like TikTok are like, cancelling air quotes cancelling Sharon for being with him and it's like what, what? <laughs> like, no 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 so frustrating I don't want the tides to turn on her but I don't think it will I don't think it will um but yeah no, I don't like the man glad we got him out of the way <laughs> yeah I don't know we don't need to talk about him anymore and I guess just kind of going off of what you said with you know he could have been at Cielo Drive that night I mean there were like a ton of people who said that yeah um they were invited there and I think it's just, pretty wild that they didn't go but I feel like yeah. a lot of people have theorized that maybe if they had like things would have turned out differently and I just was kind of wondering like what you thought about that see I saw today that like um apparently people were like saying like oh there was meant to be like 50 house guests at that night and obviously that would have been made they would have been way outnumbered those four thank god that like her sister Deborah she was meant to see her that night it's it's insane just to think because it's all it's all circumstance as well like it was literally only that house because it was Terry Melcher's house I don't think any other outcome was going to happen but then like what I don't like as well is like like Steve McQueen who was her friend he didn't go to her funeral because he was worried he would be next or something like that And I, I understand that like you would think that in Hollywood like just out of nowhere the nicest person in Hollywood gets killed and you would think oh my god but yeah I just don't like that I I think like don't make it about yourself and so Polanski said he never forgave him for that and like that's the only time like maybe I'll probably side with him like it's just it was a bit really really wrong I don't know like come on he went to Jay's funeral though right did he? Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. There's not a lot out there about the um Steve and Sharon's relationship, but I mean that is like a little weird to me that he would have just chosen one over the other, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I we don't know. This is just speculation. But yeah, maybe maybe we weren't that close, I guess. I do know that he wanted Sharon to be in a lot of his films, which I think would have been cool. I don't know if yeah. you've really like seen any uh, Steve McQueen movies, but like if there were any that you think she would be good in. I've, well, for certain, I've seen Papillon. Wasn't really a fan. Um, controversial. I'm not the biggest Dustin Hoffman fan. Um, Me neither. Um, so I'm pretty sure that's the only one I've seen. I'm just checking my letterbox. And then there's no, there's really, honestly, there's only like one female character in Papillon. So it's like... She could be one of the prisoners. I could see that. <laughs> oh, I've seen one of... Oh, I saw the blob. I always forget he's in that. Do you not think it's so scary that, like, they said about at the end, oh, only if the Arctic will melt, that the blob yeah. will come back? And, they like... Predicted global, global warming. <laughs> it, was, it was good, the blob. I like the blob. Yeah. It's so bad, but I love it. One of my followers, Silver Screen Critiques, asked, what actress in a film would you replace with Sharon Tate? So let's just go totally hypothetical and it could be like any movie ever made. I'm starting to think of like Catherine Deneuve films because like I feel like they're very similar. I'm just thinking of her in um, Belle du Jour. <gasps> oh my God, Sharon would be amazing in that. She auditioned for it technically, um, but Liesl in Sound of Music. She would have been so good in that. She would have fit in with the Von Trapp so well. And I think she would have looked amazing. I know Sharon said she like was a big inspiration to her. And she mm -hmm. kind of wanted to be like the American Catherine Deneuve. Genuinely, I'm not just saying this. I've always thought that, yeah, she was the American Catherine Deneuve. 
and Catherine was the French Sharon Tate. And then I saw that quote. And I was like, oh my God, like I, I must have probably read it subconsciously somewhere else. <laughs> but they really do look alike as well. And I've always thought yeah. that, oh my God, Sharon in like a Jack Demi film. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen her in a musical. And we need to change the scene. Like we're we're, we're making yeah. uh, you know making waves here. Not not yeah. like the film, but like, don't make waves. <laughs> oh my god! Don't even get me start. Don't get me started on don't make waves. Now, I mean, we're fun, here to but... talk about Sharon. We could talk about it. First of all, it's amazing. Like she inspired Malibu Barbie. I'm just obsessed with that fact. Like that, she is Barbie, which is yeah. obviously amazing as well because Margot's playing Barbie, and it's like. Yeah, Sharon, oh my god, the like, full circle. Like one of her introductory shots in Domi Wave, she's carrying Tony Curtis, and then it's just like a bum shot. In any film, and it, how do you have that vision in your head to do that? Like, I've just never understood it. Like, honestly, I like that movie just for like how wild it is, but I, I hate how her character is portrayed in it. Yes. I don't know, it's yeah. just so unnecessary, especially because it really takes away from her performance she's really good in that and I just hate that people focus so much just like on her appearance and should we should we tackle the topic of once upon a time sure I'm so intrigued because it is very divisive I feel like I don't know I just had a really just strong visceral reaction when I watched it I have not watched it since I watched it if that makes sense like like when it came um, out yes yes I watched it opening night in England, packed out theater. Like it was, I will still say to this day, it's the best film I've ever seen in the cinema. Like that's the best experience I've ever had. Just because of that ending. Obviously I was really disappointed when I found out that she's barely in it as Sharon, which is so annoying. Um, <laughs> which also makes me put off a rewatch because like, it's like, I just want to watch Sharon. Like that's all I yeah. want. People in, in English audiences, we don't normally like, we don't even like clap at the end of a film. I don't know maybe it's just here but uh maybe it's just crystal <laughs> but like we don't make any noise but when leo brought out the flamethrower at the very end we cheered <laughs> i've never never been in a cinema where, the, where we've cheered it was just amazing it was just amazing i just That's i'll never cool. forget it <laughs> loved it but yeah no what did you think of it oh i i had <laughs> don't hold back honestly okay <laughs> So I was, I would say I was about 50-50 on it as well. Like when I saw it, way too much lack of Sharon. Um, yes. And 100%. okay, maybe this is a little controversial, but I feel like they should have either put in more Sharon or just not had her in the film at all. Because I felt like since they didn't really go into her character too much, like she didn't serve as much of a purpose to the story as I would have liked. I didn't think Margot Robbie was like the best casting choice. I don't know. I'm kind of mixed on Margot Robbie because I loved her in I, Tanya. Like yes. she's amazing in that movie. But um, maybe it's sort of like a similar thing with Sharon where I feel like she's kind of viewed more as like a sex object rather than right. like a serious actor, even though she's been in like a lot of um, very big project but she didn't really like look or sound like Sharon uh yeah, so that yeah, kind of took me out of the movie I don't know what did you think of her performance I I will I, I love I'm a Margot Robbie fan um I really did like her in it I don't know how to describe this but Sharon's voice is very low and a bit yeah. husky I'm thinking of the cinema scene where she's asking for the ticket and yeah I just don't understand what Margot did with her voice um, it's very yeah. like it's high I have no idea what the right words are to describe voices I just 
but yeah no that's not how Sharon spoke she she had a no. very distinct voice I, I think Margot was just doing lover she was just doing a bit of a generic American accent and that's coming mm-hmm. from a Brit so actually I could be completely wrong but um <laughs> no no I very agree. like I really did love her as Sharon I totally agree with the looks as well like but I don't think anyone could ever be on Sharon's level like never um no, I, I, I would honestly go on record and say that she is the most beautiful woman ever to exist. But no one's ever topped Sharon. Like, no one ever will as well. Yeah. But I, I get the Margot casting. But yeah, what you said. Yeah, she is incredibly sexualized. And it's actually quite annoying because she is a good actress. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing that. She wore like Sharon's earrings and like her jewelry. And like, I like that she lent into Sharon. I have this thing with actresses that play Sharon. So like Grace Van Dien and Charlie Says. I love them. I will protect them with my life. <laughs> like, because like, if you played Sharon, you, you know, you've done your research, you love her, like, we're one. So I did I did like Margot on that front. Like, she did her research, definitely. Have you seen The Haunting of Sharon Tate? I will not watch that. Hilary Duff, sorry, we're not one. Like... <laughs> why on earth would you ever and I just think it's so disrespectful not even Sharon like her sister has to see that you know like that's awful Uh, it it makes me very very angry if you did one ounce of research into Sharon you would find out that she was the nicest person ever like the kindest person ever and like it's just it upsets me it really really does I feel almost pity though as well because it's like well you're missing out on one of the literally best persons to ever live but I think that's good for like what we're doing here and what like the Instagram pages are doing is that remembering Sharon like how she was yeah for sure going back to once upon a time in Hollywood when we were talking about the movie theater scene when she goes to see the wrecking crew I will say I thought it was a little disrespectful to um, have like the people at the theater like they didn't recognize her even though she was in Valor of the Dolls at that point which was like one of the biggest films at the time and yeah um she was I mean married to Roman Polanski uh yeah which kind of elevated her as well so I did think that was a very strange choice for Tarantino to make and I don't really know why he did that um but I don't know if you had any thoughts about it yeah I don't quite understand the, the point of like I love the I love the scene um more so I like the when she's actually in the cinema like yeah what what why it doesn't add anything to the story I don't yeah think. I, I loved that it was actually Sharon on the screen. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. That's like the only time some people will ever see the record. Like, and so they actually got to saw, got to see Sharon. Like, I'm very happy that even if that's just how they see her in like a five second clip of her falling over some suitcases, that's enough for me. And films about films, they'll just reshoot it. So they easily could just um, put Margot in that role. But um, no, I'm so happy. But also, I kind of want to do a little defense, defending that scene. Sure, go for it. <laughs> because you know she gets her feet out, right? Yeah. When I watched that, I was like, yeah, no, Tarantino, oh my God, Quentin, stop. What are you doing? But there's this really cool, this is my favorite fact about Sharon. Um, She didn't like to wear shoes. Her and her sister, they would put on like elastic bands around her ankles and her toes. So it would look like sandals. In a way, I do like that, you know, she, she wouldn't be wearing shoes, I guess. I will say I think there are ways to show that she was like a very free spirit without putting her 
bare feet in the full frame but each to their own but like we would not have done it that way (laughs) no definitely not that's the only tarantino movie i've seen and probably ever will see so i don't know if that was like a good introduction or not it's not my favorite tarantino film the sharon scenes are i would give them a million stars if i could um because it's just very long and you know it's more about cliff and rick and i like don't really controversial guys I don't care about them <laughs> like I'm I'm, a, I'm in it for Sharon it's an interesting one to start with I guess he has better films so I won't lie way better okay. films yeah but, um I know some people that say that's his best and it's like eh. um I know you said sort of at the beginning um really like the ending of the movie we could talk a little bit more about that sort of elaborate on that like I already had the ending uh, spoiled for me before I saw the movie but just yeah. I guess like you going in without having any knowledge um, what was that like for you um, it was literally well I want to say it's, it was incredible but it was also very scary because obviously Tarantino has a not only does he show a lot of violence on him and his films he also shows a lot of violence against women and so I was really worried I thought oh my god like I don't want to watch Sharon die and that's what puts me off a lot of films about her as well, because I don't, I don't want to watch that. I, I just don't. It really upsets me. So when, you know, you're watching the film, you're immersed in it, and then it gets to August 8th of the evening, Kurt Russell's doing the voiceover. And I literally, I'll never forget this. I like turned to my sister next, next to me and I said, I, I need to leave. Like, I I don't think, I, I can't watch her die. Like, I just cannot. Especially after, like, how lovely she is in the film and, like, I, like, I can't. Obviously, we stayed. And thank God we stayed. I had no idea what was going to happen when Rick starts shouting at them, doesn't he? Like, because they're like, they got the radio up really loudly. And then I was thinking, oh my God, wait, wait, is, is this happening? When they like start to come in, and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it one bit. Then, like, you know, like Cliff's dog attacks. Austin Butler's character I don't even like saying their names because I hate them so much I will say just Austin Butler's character and it's amazing and it's brilliant so Mikey Madison's playing the woman who actually did murder Sharon I hate her I don't even want to say her name thankfully she's dead as well now but um so seeing her get flame throwed on like I don't know what the noun is uh the adjective (laughs) the verb the verb I don't know what the verb is I call it free therapy it was just amazing if you would have told me a couple of years ago that Quentin Tarantino would portray Sharon in the most human way, the most compassionate, the most loving way, I would have been like, nah, you're lying. Like, no way, no way. And he did. And I can't believe it. So I don't, there's things that I'm like, I don't like, but you know what? I would, sorry for the swearing, but I will always fuck with him for doing that to Sharon. This might be controversial, but obviously there was a lot of like think pieces that came out after about like how um how violent it was and how like you know these two men were beating up what was three out of four of the group were women but i literally like i'm sorry in real life those people murdered a pregnant woman with no remorse um so if i get to watch their movie characters of them die that's enough for me i'm glad that we kind of have that little piece of fiction for it did you have any other thoughts on once upon a time in Hollywood just like in general or in relation to um, sharing yes so like you said like I do wish there was more of her it is very odd but then why would you have that family be in it more than her is it someone somewhat exploitative to have her live do you know what I mean mm. because I love it that she lived 
I really, really did. And they all, you know, got what they deserved. But yeah, it left me feeling a bit weird because then it's like, this isn't true. And I think it kind of desanitizes it. So even like the line that um, Austin Butler says, and he says about, you know, how I'm the devil and I'm here to do the devil's work. That's what he actually said in real life. In the film, it's treated more like a joke. People laughed because, you know, Cliff says, Oh, it was something dumber than that. You know, like he asked for his name. That's it. And I don't know how I feel about people laughing at that because they he really did say that to Abigail, Wojtek, Wojtek and, and Abigail. Stephen Parent. Like, yes, they're yeah. just totally forgotten, I guess, from this whole history. And so I guess it was like a little upsetting that in the movie, like they were barely even in the movie. I was gonna say, Stephen Parent, I actually did not know about him until I read Helter Skelter. They didn't yeah. even mention him in the film. Yeah, that's a bit, that's more like where I feel like Quentin, like, come on, you, you, you're a bit more of a perfectionist than that. Come on, man. And I think also adding in like the uh, countdown as well. I don't like that they use like a real life tragedy to sort of like create this hero moment for Cliff and Rick. And especially since they don't really develop Sharon or like any of her friends or those characters like that much then it almost feels like a little bit worse that we're supposed to be like anticipating their death no i i completely agree and i see where you're coming from 100 percent. see obviously i don't want to watch her die if you're going to do something like about sharon make it about her life not like about that one awful moment she's kind of filmed like a like a manic pixie dream girl in a way dancing she's having fun and it's like it's a bit yeah I don't know it's a bit odd I like she barely talks um and like I mean at the playboy scene where Steve McQueen is like telling it's not even really her life story it's just her who she's dating or whatever so like I don't know I just felt like so much of her character was explained by other male characters she should be defined by these men. Like, yeah, exactly. It has been her entire life. Come on, finally give her the spotlight. I mean, I think a lot of people sort of forget about Jay as well, but he was like a really big part of Sharon's life. And they were just kind of like, oh, yeah, they dated at one point. I know, obviously, we don't want to talk about what happened that night, but um, I did like Jay really protected her that night. And reading one of the testimonies, he just he really honestly protected her to the last minute. And like, I have so much respect for him upon hearing that. At, like oh what a lovely man I feel like they might have been soulmates you know mm-hmm. I already do they were together I think that's really sweet I guess immense respect for Jay Sebring yeah love him miss him he was an icon in his own right yes uh, yeah like yeah. <laughs> male hairdresser as well it was like breaking boundaries I love yeah. it I'll tell you what though I forgot to mention there's a line in the voiceover and I think it's really beautiful and I wrote it down and it's about how she's um it's really hot and you know Sharon never felt more pregnant in her life a really lovely line and it it zooms in on her and she looks ephoral (laughs) she was so pregnant and it reminds the viewer like she was pregnant please don't forget that that's a really 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 integral part that kind of put me a bit at ease I had another question from one of my followers so SG film lover said uh, do you think Sharon Tate's portrayal in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was influenced by modern actors slash how modern celebrities behave? In other words, was her portrayal accurate to the 60s in terms of what Sharon was as an actor and a person? Or was it influenced by Robbie and particularly by Tarantino's screenplay? Wow. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> we'll never really 
truly know so it's so so heartbreaking we'll never truly know what sharon was like but it must be difficult having to portray someone like that i hate to say this and i also just want to stress again i love her portrayal of sharon but it is a bit basic you know what i mean like she's mm -hmm. not doing anything out of the box i would just like to say as well that i think leo is the best actor in that film he should have won the oscar <laughs> i'm trying to think of 60s performances and there is a definitely a clear disc like not disconnect but it is different like when you watch 60s films yeah i think it was more modern performance i really do other than the costumes and the production design and like you know like that's 60s i guess but yeah you could have taken sharon uh, margot sharon out and yeah you could have put her in something else and it wouldn't have made any difference like yeah. she wouldn't have looked out of place even like the language i guess tarantino is good at screenplays i do like his screenplays but yeah it, it was just it wasn't Something I was like, whoa, I feel like I'm in the 60s. I will say with her costumes, like they felt like something you could just buy at like Target or something. Not that that's like a bad thing, but I guess it didn't feel like um, 1968 slash nine. My favorite outfit in the whole film, um, and it is what she goes to cinema in, you know, the black turtleneck, white skirt, white boots. Um, but Sharon actually never wore that. She wore, she did wear like, you know, a black up with the white um with the white skirt but it wasn't long sleeved it was short sleeved thankfully thank god we've got loads of pictures of sharon use some of that i know like when they do costuming for like films set in the 60s they just get like what you what us in the modern day think of the 60s and so i feel like they might not have just maybe went over style more over like substance they got some outfits right like the the airport one with the mink coat um and like in the trailer, she's got like the blue can swimming um, bikini on. They never showed that clip in the film. Um, yeah, I noticed that. Like, they definitely maybe tailored it more to like a modern audience. There's so many pictures of her. Like, I think it's weird that they were just were totally off the mark on that. They did get her like Freya outfit, right? When she's doing the scene yeah. with uh, Mike Moe as Bruce Lee. Like, I thought that was quite cool. That's like one of my favorite behind the scenes sort of thing is like that she trained with Bruce Lee for that movie. And I just think that's so awesome. You know, right? Well, like Sharon was honestly, and this is why I love her so much as well. Like she was friends with everyone. No one had a bad word ever to say about her. I wish they showed that as well. If you were in the 60s and you were an actor or a celebrity, you, you knew them. And just didn't really get that vibe. Like, yeah. I mean, it seemed like she was kind of a loner and yeah i'm thinking because all the most of the scenes are on her own everyone loved her so I, i'm glad they did show the bruce lee stuff so if you got the chance to meet sharon um what would you want to say to her like how would you want to spend a day with her oh my god i would like i hope this doesn't sound crazy but like, i really do think we'd be friends i really do i see it god i would just love to lounge around the pool with her like obviously i know it has its connotations now but like sienna drive was lovely like it was a beautiful house and she loved that house as well i really feel like we would get along so well the biggest thing that i wanted to know is like how much her fans respect her as an actress i don't think she ever got that respect when she was around um we watch her films and we she's the best part of them and that's not even us being biased like she lights up the films she is the heart of it she carries most of them like Wrecking Crew would be nothing without Freya like not at all um and Jennifer is such an iconic character and I just wanted to know that like we we appreciate you like we love your work um and then obviously love is such a big part like we love Sharon like it's just such a visceral response like it's amazing I, I love the fandom I haven't met a bad Sharon Tate fan like 
and that's what I'd also wanted to know is how much how so nice the community is we've we've learned from the best her because she's just so lovely and I think we we all try and practice that as well the fans are amazing as well because like they're keeping up her legacy I just I'd love her to know that like we remember you Sharon like she's my idol like I look up to her I want to be more like her I wish she was here today and she should still be here today yeah so I just love her so much like she went through so much and she was always still so friendly and um hardworking and an all-around great person and I I think more people should just know her for that I mean I do think it's cool that the that once upon a time in Hollywood maybe introduced a lot of um, like people of our generation to her and 100%. so I mean if there's anything good to come out of that movie I think it would be that and I think it definitely brought on a whole new legion of fans for her Sharon's stay in power is brilliant fashion trends are still going her hair styles are still like the the, the Khan braid people are doing that now I did it when I went to a concert last month <laughs> like but that's just because I love her but um <laughs> like people who probably don't know her are doing that and wearing her trends and stuff and so it just it shows that like time doesn't mean anything like we can all get into Sharon when we do like but like once you're in you're in I just also want everyone to know that like there was nothing more that Sharon wanted in the world than to be a mum I think she would have made an absolute amazing mother I'm forever upset that I got taken away from her there's another world where she's with her son and yeah. um she's an excellent mum she she would have still had a great acting career but like she wanted that son. You know, she was so, so close. And I think that yeah. that's what makes it even more upsetting. Absolutely heartbreaking. Hopefully, you know, they're together now. I've heard like some people think that she would have gotten a divorce from Roman. Do you think that's true? Yeah. I feel like she probably wouldn't have put out with him. He didn't want children. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have seen it lasting. I hate the man. I, yeah. In my wildest dreams, yeah, she's left him. I, I do think it's interesting, though, how people will sort of use that and also what he went through in his childhood as yes. a, an excuse, like, for what he did later on in life. There's no excusing that. And, um, yeah. I mean, it's terrible, like, what he did go through, but there's better ways to to deal with your traumas. 100%. Really, really awful what happened to him. And, like, they even, like, suspected him. But, yeah, yeah no, that you, you just don't. I'm sorry. No. I guess with the fearless vampire killers, like, did you think they had good chemistry in that? I actually, their scenes together were quite cute in a way. She is so <laughs> beautiful in that film as well. Yeah. Oh my God, like the red hair. I would genuinely, I've been a blonde for life, but like, I would consider dyeing my hair that color. <laughs> There's the scene where they're like actually like talking to each other. Like, and I think, oh yeah, he's pouring the bath for her. And yeah, like they kind of had like, there's something between them. Before we start the fan casting, I did want to ask you, like, would you ever want there to be a biopic made of Sharon? So I would. I really, really would. But it's got to be about her life, not about her death. I don't want anything about her death. Where Recollection ends, the book, it's her, um, all of the Tate family goes to Cielo and they watch the moon landing. And that's the last time they ever saw Sharon in person. And I think that would, and you know, the, the line is, is that, you know, we turned the corner and she kept getting smaller and smaller until we couldn't see her no more. And um, I think that'd be a perfect way to end it. We don't need to put any more names up about the people that did it, like nothing about them. I don't, I don't, I don't want to ever, I don't want to watch anything about them ever again, like, or hear anything about them. So yeah, it's got to be about her life. Her life is so interesting as well. Like she lived in Italy during her late teen years. 
like that's some content right like, yeah. I want to see that and yeah just you know find her a foot in as an actress like I think that'd be really nice I could see it maybe um maybe a mini series I guess but yeah it's it's got to be about her life we thought it would be fun to come up with some possible casting choices for a hypothetical Sharon Tate biopic. Let's start with Sharon Tate. My Sharon, there's, it's very difficult because no one's on her level. No one ever will be on her level. But I do like the Sydney Sweeney idea. There's a photo of Sydney Sweeney. She's got flowers in her hair. It's a 60s look. That is Sharon. The vision is there. They actually like do kind of look similar. And you know, Sydney's got those two Emmy noms. Like I, she could do it. I think she's a good actress. I, lo- I love her. You know, that is kind of interesting since she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. Yes. But I'm not going to lie to you. I can't remember her in it. I feel like she's yeah. probably like in like just in the ranch. Yeah. Yeah. She had like one scene. I, I definitely see it though. Like, and I think they're about the same height. I always think of Sharon being like really tall, but I think she actually wasn't that tall. She was about five, six. I always think of like, oh my God, that's my height. Like I can't be, I can't imagine being on eye level with her. <laughs> <laughs> it says she was five, four. Five, oh my God, she's teeny. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, bless her. Yeah. <laughs> I think she had long legs, so maybe that kind of gave an illusion of being taller. <laughs> it makes sense, because I'm pretty sure Polanski was uh, small. Yeah, because I watched The Fearless Vampire Killers yesterday, and I, like, I knew he was short, but he was, like, really short. This says he's 5'2", but I don't <gasps> believe that. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no offense I... to anyone that's 5'2", I'm just a bit, what? <laughs> I'm 5'2", and I think he's shorter than me. I would say he's like five foot. <laughs> Roast him. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I think Sydney is a, a good casting choice. She's sort of hypersexualized too. And um, yes. so I think she would understand yeah. what that was like for Sharon. I think I've seen a few people like within the Sharon Tate community say her, um, she'd be too old now, but I think Rose Byrne. They yeah. really look alike. Yeah. I mean, I, I never know. noticed that until I looked at what? pictures of them next to each other. Yes. I love Rose Byrne. Yeah. I wonder what she looked like at that age. She kind of hasn't really aged, honestly. I mean, I think at this point she might still be, she might be a little too old. Um, no, that's, but... a, that's a shout. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Oh, thanks. Very good. <laughs> that's probably my best one. The rest are uh, a little out there. But... We're all downhill from there. Don't, don't yeah. worry. That's fine. I didn't have anybody for Roman because he has a very specific look. I honestly have no idea. But I was curious to hear who uh, yours are. I have a meme for this, right? So th- th- literally, this is a, this is like an inside joke, but with myself. Whenever I watch um, old films, I always have this joke. And it's like, oh my God, they're going to remake this with this actor. And that actor is Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> I have this whole like universe in my head where he's like, he's... He's playing John Wayne's characters. He's playing Jimmy Stewart's characters. I don't know what this says about me. I don't find him like this. But Polanski in Vampire Killers is meant to be cute. I think I think young girls watching it are meant to be like, oh, oh, I quite like him. And that's Timothy, for me at least. Um, yeah. It's so dumb. <laughs> he looks nothing alike. I love Timothy. He's my favorite boy. But like also like the rat-like features. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? sure he's not gonna <laughs> listen to this <laughs> he's way taller than him but um mm. yeah i would watch sydney and timothy and act alongside each other definitely yeah i, I would watch that 29. i could 
be that like they'd have to maybe like do some makeup or something but very very like I said very original face very original so you didn't have anyone for JC Bring, did you no I found it so tricky okay. also, but like because all I could think of is like Emil Hirsch like yeah I feel that's quite good casting I think but yeah I just can't think of anyone so who, who have you got okay I don't really know where I got this from the thing is about Jay he looks very familiar like he looks like maybe somebody I know but I couldn't place it so I was kind of looking at like 90s heartthrobs or whatever um and so the (laughs) the person I came up with was uh Billy Crudup okay well I'm gonna be with him in the 90s I know what he looks like now I I I like it I like it a lot okay okay (laughs) Very nice, very nice. I can see that. Very nice. Because <laughs> he did have that like all American boy look. They're they're both sort of give me similar vibes. Like a, I don't know why. No, I love it. I'm I'm down <laughs> for it. Okay, also, cool. We have the whole like you know. W- there's no rules. We can pick anyone from any decade. Like true, no rules with the casting. <laughs> you had someone for Richard Bamer. Yes. Oh my god. No, this is actually so embarrassing. <laughs> Richard Bamer, right? very yes. attractive when he was with Sharon also they should have been endgame like love them too um <laughs> also Twin Peaks is like one of my favorite shows and Ben Horn is one of my favorite characters and so when I found out that like he dated Sharon I was like my two worlds colliding that's um, awesome oh god like, I'm so good <laughs> I want to say it okay Noah Centineo for Richard Bamer <laughs> the silence is deafening <laughs> Let me look up a picture. I I used to like Noah Centineo. Right. Now he's like embarrassing. I can see it though. Like there's definitely some, <laughs> some facial similarities. And I, I I just forgot on every male act ever exists. But like uh, four, it was the first full. I'm like trying to do like first full and that was it. Yeah. But, um, no, I Noah, think... if you're listening, do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you can revive your your career a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, what? Yeah, what is he doing now? Actually, like, I don't like, know. Oh, he's gonna be in in that Black Adam movie. Probably training for that. Yeah, and um, our Sharon Tate biopic. Yeah, <laughs> they're both kind of like um very energetic people, though. Like, I mean, I think like vibe wise, they they kind of have the same vibe. <laughs> Did you want to hear mine? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I can't wait. Okay, so my pick is Austin Butler. <laughs> I don't hate it. I don't okay. hate it. Okay. I love Austin Butler so much. I'm so glad like we're going for like a renaissance with him. Like, yeah, I love him. Okay, I hate to say this, but he was good in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I just didn't want to like him because of the character he was playing, but yes. he did a good job. And of course, Elvis. I, I didn't you know. know it was him. Yeah, it doesn't oh, look anything so like him. No, I really did not know it was him until after. Oh, I, I really, I'm going to say it now, I really hope he wins the Oscar. Yeah, that would be cool. Brilliant. I really, really hope. Like, I watched him when he was on, like, Zoe 101 and, like, iCarly, and it's just insane uh-huh. to see him now. But, like, oh, he's so good. He's so good. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, I love that for him. <laughs> Thank you. I think it's cool that he's sort of becoming a bigger deal now because I watched him on Disney Channel I mean even like Zendaya or somebody like they're they're mega stars now and like I probably never would have expected that he would be up for an Oscar probably so yeah this is yeah. a cool yeah you would never have thought it no yeah. <laughs> I feel so proud like 
even like Zendaya as well like winning her Emmy and it's like oh my god yeah I want to shake it up my yeah god. it's it's cool like, to... children I love it yeah <laughs> I feel like maybe we said the same person for Abigail Folger I won't lie though I can't take responsibility for it because it was on a, another Instagram page but okay. oh my god so basically it's us Abigail Folger Alana Haim yeah oh my god I just they see it like the that's same. her and we all know like Alana can act I didn't I, see what pizza I was like nah I have mixed feelings about it um but she's very good okay. she's like the best part in it I also love Haim oh my god like I wanted to gatekeep her when it came out I was like I've loved <laughs> Haim for so long and <laughs> like now everyone knows her but um no very good and I could yeah I, I cannot believe it when I saw it. I was like, she is she is Abigail. Next, I had um, Mia Farrow. I think this is a bit of a basic one. Sure. But I've gone for Imogen Poots. I yeah. see her doing it. She could do it well. I, I'm a, I'm not like a fan, but when she's in the show, I'm like, oh yeah, this is good. I like her. She's really good. I said Reese Witherspoon. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Wait, what? <laughs> I just think oh they God. have, I think the same eyes, like sort of. Yeah very expressive eyes and um like a youthfulness but kind of a maturity as well they don't have to be like twins but sometimes it's just like the vibe isn't it like yeah yeah, I like like that finally uh Deborah Carr couldn't think of anything so I said to my (laughs) sister I was like cast someone as Deborah Carr said Jessica Castain oh yes I like that I think she could do it as well oh Deborah Carr is amazing yeah capture that essence you do need a seasoned actress and mm-hmm. I also love Jessica Chastain she's good yeah. at everything she's in so I I said uh Tilda Swinton you could put her in anything she will deliver yes yeah. yes she could transform herself into any role she's amazing yeah, yeah. very very good actress is there anything else you wanted to say about Sharon I just like I feel like if I haven't gone it through enough I love this woman and this has been amazing and I hope we'll not get cancelled for my thoughts on Polanski. That's um, their problem if they find offense. Exactly. Thank you so much for being on. Um, I had a really fun time. I cannot thank you enough, honestly, for inviting me on. So we talk about my favourite person ever. I've had so much fun and it, it's, it's, I don't know what it'll be like listening to it, but it has flown by. It feels like we've been talking yeah. for like 10 minutes. And it's been like three hours or something. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I hope you had as much fun as we did recording this. Um, and thank you again to Louise for being on the show. We really had a fun time with this. And um, we hope you'll check out some of Sharon's movies and maybe learn some more about her. Thank you for listening. Okay. And watch your films. Yes, watch them. <laughs> we will make you. Yes. <laughs> This episode was co-hosted and edited by me, Audrey Cornell, and co-hosted by Louise Coleman. Music was written by Nia D'Amelio. Gone But Not Forgotten is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. Thank you so much for listening, and tune in next time where we'll talk about River Phoenix. Have a great day.